You're listening to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Erica. We're two former next door neighbors and good friends who love a good chat and a good laugh. We're inviting you to come on in, have a drink, and stay a while. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. This episode is our spring book club meeting, so we'll be spending the entire show discussing Tara Westover's best-selling and critically acclaimed memoir, Educated. We do book club episodes once each season, and to be in the book club, all you have to do is listen. So we like to start book club by giving a little recap of what we read. Here is the summary from the author's website. Tara Westover was 17 the first time she set foot in a classroom. Born to survivalists in the mountains of Idaho, she prepared for the end of the world by stockpiling home canned peaches and sleeping with her head for the hills bag. In the summer, she stewed herbs for her mother, a midwife and healer, and in the winter, she salvaged in her father's junkyard. Her father forbade hospitals, so Tara never saw a doctor or nurse. Gashes and concussions, side note of which there were many, yep. even burns from explosions were all treated at home. I'm going to put quotes around the treated yeah. at home with herbalism. The family was so isolated from mainstream society that there was no one to ensure the children received an education and no one to intervene when Tara's older brother became violent. Then, lacking any formal education, Tara began to educate herself. She taught herself enough mathematics and grammar to be admitted to Brigham Young University, where she studied history, learning for the first time about important world events like the Holocaust and the Civil Rights Movement. Her quest for knowledge transformed her, taking her over oceans and across continents to Harvard and to Cambridge. Only then would she wonder if she'd traveled too far, if there was still a way home. So, uh, yes. I get like tight in the chest even hearing that description. It is an incredible, incredible story. I will say if you are triggered by head injuries. Yes. <laughs> and like gross negligence by parents. Yeah. And like kind of graphic descriptions of said injuries mm -hmm. this might not be the book for yeah, you but yeah there are man. several so so tell me what you thought and what grade would you give this book okay so I would give it a b plus just because I think that it to be an a for me needs to be a life changer yeah. like I am now different after reading right. this book I don't necessarily feel that but I mm -hmm. think it was great yeah um it's compelling. It reads, I love memoirs that read like a novel, like a page turner, which mm -hmm. is very difficult to do mm -hmm. well, I think. Um, I would describe it as very Glass Castle-ish, mm -hmm. if you like that book. Similar. I, I think they could have coffee together and yes. have lots to talk oh about. Mm -hmm. um, I listened to it, actually. Okay. And I found myself wanting to listen, like finding excuses. My mm -hmm. house had never been cleaner because I like wanted <laughs> to put it on and yeah. listen. Um, I, just because I could not believe like, oh, you can't believe at it. what point is she going to leave? At what point is the mom going to have enough is like, or someone going to die? Yeah. I like mean, I just could not get my head around yeah. some of it. So I did finish it super fast. Um, so as, as interesting, I mean, it's not an easy read in mm -hmm. a lot of senses, but it's an easy read in that it's, she does a very good job of storytelling. Mm -hmm. So it's very compelling to read. Um, it's crazy. Her story is mm -hmm. I mean, hands down crazy to yeah. most people, I would think. Mm -hmm. um, there are so many head injuries, as we've touched upon. I mean, not just injuries, but there are other injuries, mm -hmm. but like specifically traumatic head injuries oh. that like altered people, like altered her mom, right. altered her brother. Right. Um, I would have seriously found it unbelievable if it wasn't a memoir. Mm -hmm. Like, come on. Right. That not that many had injuries exactly. happen. This in is one just family. too yeah. many. You keep I mean, going back to this. It's, but I thought about that then. Like, why she included them 
all mm-hmm. and in the detail that mm-hmm. she did because I feel like even a couple would have been representative of like this is the kind of thing that happened in right. my family but I feel like from an author's standpoint I feel like besides making her story like more interesting and shocking which it definitely did and I think that it was like hey this really happened so I'm gonna tell it right um I think it's a really good the head injuries specifically mm-hmm. are almost like this metaphor for what happens when especially mm-hmm. a parent is mentally ill, mm-hmm. which her dad definitely was. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ripple effects that that has on a family and how people will get hurt. Interesting. Like in unalterable ways. Right. Um, and so I just, I felt like there was something there. Like, and I don't know if that was her exact thinking, but mm-hmm. there's definitely something behind how much she included it and the detail in which mm-hmm. she included it and how it kind of was like a, um, what's the word like a unifying theme mm-hmm. throughout the narrative mm-hmm. was head injuries yeah, <laughs> but it was interesting because it then then it all comes back to like her own knowledge and brain and cognitive dissonance and like I just felt like there was a really strong connection there and that's an interesting point um how you hurt people like mm-hmm. physically even right. in this case when you're not healthy mm-hmm. um and then as crazy as it was I just found it so relatable in terms of um being able to see her perspective where your perception of your reality and your especially when it comes to your family of origin mm-hmm. you're not able to look at that objectively mm-hmm. you're just not right. um and it really only gets challenged if and only if you are outside of it exactly. either going to college or getting married and starting your own family mm-hmm. like you if you never leave your family of origin you have no that's a huge education in and of itself, mm-hmm. even if you don't get formal education, mm-hmm. right? Like right. seeing that there are other perspectives, right. other ways of living, just even like going to, I remember like eating dinner at my friend's house mm-hmm. for the first time and being like, oh, right. like this, not everybody eats the table or not everybody right. eats, yeah. you know, I've never had this dinner right. or all of that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then at the same time, what a threat that is mm-hmm. to a family of dysfunction, mm-hmm. especially. Yeah. Um, because it it forces you 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 now become like oh she knows better right and they know better on some levels yeah. right like the dad knows on some levels what he's sheltering her yeah, from that they're and, doing things differently yes and and some of that is intentional because he thinks that's the right way so mm-hmm. then when you challenge that mm-hmm. it's it's going to be hard even in a healthy family mm-hmm. like challenging your own morals that you grew up with and your values like it creates dissonance. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's a situation. And I think like it's healthy mm-hmm. to do that, but mm-hmm. it's hard. Um, but especially in instability and dysfunction. And when she says, I did like try to stop and catch the clip when I was listening to the audiobook about um, towards the end, when they were basically asking her, like pretending none of the things happened to mm-hmm. her that happened. And yeah. she was trying to have an honest conversation with them and had right. invited them to her, her graduation, all the things. Right. And she just said, I realized all I had to do was swap my memories for theirs and I could have my family. Mm. Like that it really, the two things can't Mm -hmm. exist. Like if you want to be a healthy Mm -hmm. person with a a strong grasp on reality Mm -hmm. and your family doesn't Mm -hmm. and they were the cause of a lot of, you know, issues, like you can't, they can't coexist or they can't on a, on a close level. Right. Um, and then she's, but then I thought there was some really interesting themes about forgiveness too, that were like, man, she had some forgiven to do. Like, I feel like everybody yeah. grows up and has to come to f- grips with the fact like your parents maybe did the best they could with what mm-hmm. they had at the time. And mm-hmm. there were some things you would have liked differently or mm-hmm. ways you were hurt that no one even intended. And mm-hmm. you have to come to some sort of, um, you know, terms with that. Yeah. But she had some like major forgiving to do from yeah. being 
heart really emotionally abused for sure neglected um not protected from her brother not protected from her own father like um and i think that she had some crazy good quotes in here about you know realizations that she had about that um and then deciding that forgiveness was different than allowing them in your life still Mm -hmm. and that you have to take an intentional Mm -hmm. walk away sometimes so Mm -hmm. she said like talking about the peace she had after she came to that decision um, when they asked her basically to like pretend none of it ever happened and then we can just be a big happy family. Um, She says that peace did not come easily. I spent two years enumerating my father's flaws, constantly updating the tally as if reciting every resentment, every real and imagined act of cruelty of neglect would justify my decision to cut him from my life. Once justified, I thought the strangling guilt would release me and I could catch my breath. But vindication has no power over guilt. No amount of anger or rage directed at others can subdue it because guilt is never about them. Mm. Guilt is the fear of one's own wretchedness. It has nothing to do with other people. I shed my guilt when I accepted my decision on its own terms without endlessly prosecuting old grievances, without weighing his sins against mine, without thinking of my father at all. I learned to accept my decision for my own sake because of me, not because of him because I needed it, not because he deserved it. And I think that is like, that is some deep work. That is some deep work that she obviously did not come to easily and mm-hmm. with therapy and, you know, yes. uh, educating herself in all kinds of ways. But um, after a mental breakdown and other things that happened in the book, but mm-hmm. like that is the crux of, I think that so many people get hung up on with um, staying in very dysfunctional relationships. Mm-hmm. Number one with their family or even a spouse or something mm-hmm. is that like, if you still, um, I don't know that it, that it has to be justified, mm-hmm. right? Like that you're, if this person is unhealthy for you mm-hmm. and you have tried and mm-hmm. things are not working, that you have to somehow tally up mm-hmm. enough things that justify mm-hmm. you cutting them out right. of your life. Right. And that it can be actually like, no, this is just toxic mm-hmm. and I, and it's okay to own that decision, Yeah. but also let them off the hook in terms of your anger and resentment, mm-hmm. which is like, that's a really hard thing to do at the same time to admit that something yeah. is toxic and also right. let them off the hook right. in your mind. Um, but then she says like, you can love someone and still choose to say goodbye to them. Mm. You can miss a person every day and still be glad that they are no longer in your life. Mm. And I think with a parent, especially that's how it would have to be. You miss right. what you, you miss the good things, obviously, right. like even in a super abusive relationship, there's good things. Mm-hmm. There are, mm-hmm. um, or what could have been what, or how, you yeah, you miss what might've been. been the father you never had the opportunity you never had for that relationship. And so you're grieving that as yeah. at the same time as acknowledging that it just never is going to be that. Mm-hmm. So I just, there was just some really, really profound stuff around forgiveness and family dysfunction and, mm-hmm. um, to where like at, there are times you want to throw the book across the room because you're like, why would you stay there? Why oh, would you go back and yeah. work there in the summer? But you right. know, like she does a good job, especially towards the end of like kind of explaining some of that uh-huh. um, in a way that makes it relatable. Like, yeah, I get that. Like yeah, your own family, you have a different lens for your own family mm-hmm. and it's only through some real tough work that you get to like a healthy place with mm-hmm. that. So yeah, that that's was, my, that was so that was so hard. Like you said, kind of frustrating. I just, I would feel my stomach clenching mm-hmm. while she was in college. Every time she was like, going don't back go to back. Yeah. Peak. I know yeah. I was like, no, yeah. why? Um, and I do feel like if I had been reading it in a novel, I would think, 
why would they go back? Yeah, why that is person, that's not believable. Exactly. Right. And so I do think the fact that it was memoir, I would have to keep reminding myself, mm-hmm. you know, this is a person and this is what she's compelled to do. And mm-hmm. it, it almost made me, yeah, it made me think deeper about why someone would do that yeah. and why even given those circumstances, she would feel so pulled, so mm-hmm. compelled mm-hmm. to keep trying to find healthy love mm-hmm. there or just you know well and even like that some you redemption we're looking at it through our own lens yeah. but she's looking at it like this is comfort in a certain yeah, way because ex- it's at least familiar exactly where she felt super out of sorts at college right. for so long because like yeah. wearing scandalous clothes right. and you know even at Brigham Young University like mm-hmm. feeling like it was this otherworldly yeah. place right um it's just really hard to put yourself in that situation Very hard yeah yes but at, like you said I think she did a really good job of as much as you can putting yourself in mm-hmm. her shoes, which are, you know, so foreign, mm-hmm. I think to most people, um, I would give it a B plus two for similar reasons. Mm-hmm. So interesting to read, really looked forward to reading it, read it quickly. Um, and I think it will definitely be a story that I remember. I don't know if I feel changed as right. a person right. and I, the writing was very good. The storytelling was good. I didn't find it to be just beautiful writing. Yes. Even though I think, like you said, she had some really great mm-hmm. quotes and, um, poignant at times. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, I love a story of resilience. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's so deeply satisfying. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of hits too on that, you know, that's kind of the, however mythical it might be that American Mm -hmm. dream story, Mm -hmm. you know, someone really making it on, on their own. I mean, she eventually did have, thank goodness, finally some healthy adults Mm -hmm. in her life to encourage her. And she had some help from a brother along the way, but I like how she talked, sorry to interrupt just while we're on that topic though, how she talked about though, how hard it was for her to accept that help. Mm -hmm. I think that that's something we forget about sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, well, like, look, I'm, I'm here to help you. But if you're, if you're used to like from a survival standpoint, Mm -hmm. only depending on yourself, that's Mm -hmm. really hard to do even when that person is healthy, you know, and, and not being able to trust that adults are going to have your best interest in mind. And plus she's had just been brainwashed mm-hmm. that anyone outside of the family was evil and yeah, bad. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So how, how difficult that must have been. I just thinking of, I guess, picturing her in this, you know, sprawling, weird house mm-hmm. set along these mountains and this junkyard, you know, studying these books and trying to teach herself yeah. math and, yeah. you know, reading and all of this stuff is just so incredible. And I just thought a lot, you know, um, her, her sister, Audrey, and then mm-hmm. also eventually Sean's wife, Emily. Um, I, it was just so interesting how she describes so, so much of them and how easily that could have been her life. Right. And it just makes you think why, why, why mm-hmm. does she have this resilience and this drive mm-hmm. it, under similar, almost nearly identical circumstances and someone else doesn't? And I, I am just really fascinated by this, by that. It just does seem some people just have that resilience mm-hmm. or maybe in some circumstances they, they just do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think for her, it was a survival instinct mm-hmm. and maybe it's just different ways. You can kind of go different. You can either fall in line. Yes. I think or that's what happens often. Kind yeah. of find, find your way out. And so it's just kind of different ways that, that people, that these women mm-hmm. were coping with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so tragic to 
see mm-hmm. how their lives are most likely going to play out mm-hmm. still being kind of prisoners mm-hmm. of their circumstance. And then yet she was able to get out and rise above mm-hmm. it. So just, just very fascinating just in terms of looking at just human psychology, human, yeah. human condition. Yeah. Um, I, I did, like you said, thought a lot about the glass castle, um, not as beautifully written. And, you know, in that book, the, the dad at least had some mm-hmm. redeeming qualities. Mm-hmm. You felt some love. Yeah. And that was something that I was thinking about. I don't know. And tell me if you feel differently. W- was there ever a situation that she described where you really felt love from the parents or family? I, I feel like I kept looking for mm-hmm. that, like mm-hmm. some redeeming quality of them. There were some almost glimmers like when the mom encouraged mm-hmm. her to go to BYU mm-hmm. but then she didn't actually like tell the dad yeah she that, didn't follow through you know? with what she said she was gonna do and like they got her into dance at some point I guess you know the dad was really proud of her for doing mm-hmm. dance maybe that was like the closest mm-hmm. like she felt like he was proud of her and was letting her do kind of this yeah. outside thing but it was just kind of interesting like kind of when you're making that that you know, exclusionary little community. Mm-hmm. Um, just interesting that like, I don't know, just that love wasn't any part of the reinforcement. Yeah. It was more fear and yeah. But then even like interesting that like, I just kept waiting for the dad to become super like physically violent, yeah. mm-hmm. which he really wasn't ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was like this weird Mm-hmm. neglect carelessness yeah. like self-involvement right. but not necessarily like outwardly like right nasty Phys- to, yeah abusive but then allowed Except sean the to junkyard. be yes right but then just yeah, did so allow- weird but then like strange. really hard too because i feel i think that like especially when like with the glass castle i didn't religion didn't really pay, play into it that's true and i think with just like anti-government yes, anti-establishment yeah. but like that was mixed with religion and like fundamentalist religion in this Mm -hmm. extreme way Mm -hmm. to where then it's mixed up in like this is how you this is how you be a good person Mm -hmm. so it's like you don't you don't need love because this is this is Mm -hmm. to make you into a good person Mm -hmm. and that there's like virtue in the herbal healing versus the medicine right. and, and then letting just what however life take its course right. whether that is a terrible right injury it's what and... god it's what god intends and right. so there was like this almost hiding behind or using that as like a spiritual abuse almost mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. is so things that could be mm-hmm. a source of love mm-hmm. and encouragement in somebody's life turn into like another means of control and abuse yeah. and yeah manipulation yes. you know so i yeah i i would agree i think that it gets so twisted mm-hmm. that there that piece was missing, and you definitely didn't feel for that character like mm-hmm. you felt for the dad in and what the Glass was Castle. what I found so incredible. We'll talk about this a little bit later. I I feel like I did not detect bitterness or resentment except for this one time in the book that we'll talk about later. And I I just found that incredible because I didn't feel like I was getting to see. Oh, like at least they had. You know, she felt so loved Mm -hmm. or something, even Mm -hmm. if it was kind of in this twisted way and similar to the glass castle. I, I just didn't, didn't feel a real, I don't know, an underlying kind of bitterness, but, but you can tell she still like cares for her family and Mm -hmm. wishes Mm -hmm. that they could be a family. Mm -hmm. Um, and she doesn't have resentment and bitterness towards religion. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think she mm-hmm. recognizes that that was a twisted way. Right. That, that wasn't were, like I can exactly recognize that that was something other and than that. Uh, many other people practice it mm-hmm. in a very healthy, mm-hmm. you know, uplifting mm-hmm. way. So I, I just, that was really incredible. Um, a couple of my favorite moments um, when she is in dance class and mm-hmm. remember she can't afford or is not allowed to wear whatever mm-hmm. very revealing mm-hmm. little tutus or mm-hmm. leotards. And so the teacher buys all of the girls big yes. gray sweatshirts. Yes. I thought that was sweet too. That was so, so sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I didn't see that coming at all. And mm-hmm. I just, I just loved that. Um, and it just, I don't, you know, it just makes me think of when you sometimes observe people that are maybe not like directly in your life, but kind of on the periphery. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't, you don't know what someone's you, going through. You don't know what someone's yeah. going through. Or even if you feel like something might not be quite right, you, you're not close enough that you mm-hmm. feel like you can really do a lot to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, I just, I thought that was really touching. I like that she included that. Um, and just like we kind of talked about just the teachers and mentors along the way, once she got into school, that were her first experiences of having adults be these like healthy relationships mm-hmm. in her life that adults mm-hmm. can be mentors. They can help you. They were that they just really cared about empowering her mm-hmm. instead of using her for their own causes. You well, know? I thought it was really like telling like one of the first people that was like, that was the Bishop in the Mormon church mm-hmm. that wasn't, cause they weren't even really a part of like right. the mainstream Mormon right. church. And so he was, cause I was like, please let this guy not be bad. I know. Like I, I know. was like, she can't handle anymore. No, like, no. and he really was just like truly what you right. should be in that position, right. like a leader and a helper and was mm-hmm. paying for things out of his own pocket, mm-hmm. even to like, I think, I don't know what it was that he paid for out of his own pocket. I know, I can't remember. Some sort of, maybe a tuition fee when you're, something like that to really give her every advantage, but without, you know, making sure it was still up to her. And um, yeah, Yeah, I just really like that. She deserves a break. Mm -hmm. She deserves to encounter a good, just a good person. Yes. Um, Another just instance and quote that I, I really thought was a turning point. Um, I can't remember at what point, but she had returned to Buck's Peak. They're working out in the junkyard and Sean is calling her the N-word. Mm-hmm. And this is the quote from that. I had begun to understand that we had lent our voices to a discourse whose sole purpose was to dehumanize and brutalize mm-hmm. others because nurturing that discourse was easier because retaining power always feels like the way forward. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really mm-hmm. interesting to say. Never again would I allow myself to be made a foot soldier in a conflict I did not understand. And what a powerful realization. Mm -hmm. And that is the harder path to go against what everyone else is doing. And I like that, that, you know, just that maintaining power that feels like the way forward, Mm -hmm. but you take a step back. um, And And to admit that you might not understand fully. Mm -hmm. And like, I I maybe don't have an opinion on that yet. I Mm -hmm. need to understand the situation. Mm -hmm. But I can tell that like, but that doesn't feel right. Right. Mm -hmm. So I I just, I thought that was a real, like starting to really experience that separation. Mm -hmm. Like she was experiencing like, okay, you know, how we just live and practice day to day, Mm -hmm. but then kind of seeing that there's also this other ugliness to it. Yeah. That Um, perpetuates this systemic mm -hmm. racism and sexism and all of the things. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, Let's see. I did find sometimes I, I wanted more of the details of day to day life. And sometimes she would kind of, 
mention something like with a sibling or, or mm-hmm. something like that. And I didn't always felt like we got the full follow up. Mm-hmm. So I found that sometimes a little just because I wanted to know more. And yeah. when someone is living in such a different kind of other way, like with Tyler, was it Tyler, the yeah, brother that really yeah. kind of helped her? It yes. was like, he it's almost, I got the impression then, almost that like their relationship was the one that like survived and she didn't want to tell his yeah, story. Maybe like so. it wasn't her mm-hmm what he did away from the right. family wasn't really her right. story to tell or yeah. whatever. I think I you, know. I think you might be right. Um, and another thing I found really interesting that came out, I guess maybe a little bit while they were at home, but then really when she got to college is just how she would leave rotting food. Like, and she said, that's how they live too. Just like food on the mm-hmm. counters and stuff. And I thought that was kind of fascinating because I don't know, you'd almost think like if you're set up for survivalist, you would be more thrifty and just, like mm-hmm. using things more. And so to me, that kind of was a red flag of just, just dysfunction. Yes. I yeah. think like um, mental health issues. Yeah. And it reminds me of like kind of a weird tangent, but my mom has hens mm-hmm. and I just remember this one time she had this hen and she was just saying that she kind of always just looked messier, like wasn't like, <laughs> was wasn't like cleaning yeah. herself oh, and like keeping her feathers yeah. looking nice. And she was just like, that's just kind of, she might be sick or something might kind of be wrong because mm-hmm. like they're natural inclination is to keep themselves tidy, you know? And so it just kind of reminded me, yeah, it just kind of reminded me of that. Like when there's not just a basic level of cleanliness, yes, there's something, something wrong there. It's instinctual to prevent infection and right. You know, especially when we couldn't just go to the doctor and get antibiotics for stuff. There's something that's like in us to like, so it's, it's interesting to me, I guess, because clearly the dad has a mental illness. And so I guess it's just, interesting to me that the mom kind of wouldn't step oh, up. Oh, she was and- the most frustrated. It's always, I'm always the most frustrated by the woman yeah. who stays though, because I can't, yeah. I, I know that there is more to it. I've already talked about mm-hmm. some of the more to it, but I, I cannot imagine myself in that situation, just personality wise mm-hmm. even. And not, that is not to disrespect anybody in that situation, but it just feels so frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. When, and I think even her, I wonder, like, I kept thinking, like, if she wouldn't have had that injury, would she stay? Mm-hmm. Because she seemed yeah. different than, a, like, she's built this whole business, a business that is still thriving. Yes. If you look it up, this go is down incredible. that rabbit hole. Like, will, yes. Some people in our uh, in-person book club yeah. are posting. We will link to the link to the actual business yes. that her mom runs. Um, yes. It's just like, it feels so crazy to me that you could it's like they're have that. People. Yeah, but that then you could have that initiative mm-hmm. and that strength. And there is so much res- that resilience that you see with Tara, you see with her in terms mm-hmm. of like teaching herself how to be a midwife, mm-hmm. teaching herself all when she wasn't even really ready. She right. like took over for this other yes. person in their community, mm-hmm. um, you know, dealing with all this stuff with their dad and then refusing to see things for what they are yeah. and call a spade a spade or mm-hmm. being able to in one breath, but then not. Mm-hmm. when it comes time to like making a decision that might cost you something. Mm-hmm. And I, and I get that that's another form of survival. Yeah. Like you have chosen to just go along but with it, it was, because it was that's very easier, frustrating but... to see. Ugh, yeah. She would get close, mm-hmm. get close to encouraging Tara mm-hmm. or like acknowledging or kind of going behind the dad's back about mm-hmm. a, you know, a couple of things that she yeah. knew were good for Tara but to then do. Never but... following through or not being consistent mm-hmm. enough to like really, give Tara a leg up or like really a way out. Well, that's why I love her story in particular, because I feel like you hear about, especially there was like another older brother that had left already. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
you hear about men as that being their way out. Mm-hmm. You read a lot of stories about women as their way out and their survival is mm-hmm. to go along with it and mm-hmm. stay. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I feel like we need more like mm-hmm. you can, you can be strong and you can leave and you, and again, I know that there is much more to that. I know mm-hmm. she had her own traumatic brain injury and everything, but like, me just like the way I'm wired I'm just like right. oh just yes. run away right. run away right no it is it's it's very very frustrating to read and again I think that that's what makes it so powerful in a memoir is because in a novel we could be more critical you know would yes. she really stay yes. you know that doesn't seem mm-hmm. realistic or why can't the author just get her to leave yeah. and here like this this it's is real life true yeah. life mm-hmm. so and she which happens all the time yeah maybe not on a mountain in a junkyard right. but like all across yeah, exactly. the world, you mm-hmm. know, so. Exactly. Um, well, I want to wrap up. There were, uh, the New York Times did discussion questions for educated. Mm-hmm. And so I want to ask a couple of these because I thought they were really good. Here's the first one. After Westover decides to continue her education, she finds it increasingly difficult to reconcile her life on the mountain with her new life as a student of history. She writes that she had a fractured mind. Does it seem to you that she must lose one life to gain another? And you were kind of talking yeah. about this mm-hmm. earlier. So yeah, what do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, I just think like you have this cognitive dissonance, dissonance, especially when faced with facts of history mm-hmm. that you were taught the opposite right. of. Right. It's like they can't both be true. Mm-hmm. I have to pick one at a mm-hmm. certain point. And then that translated translates into, okay, well, I need to decide what is truth for me in general mm-hmm. about my experience growing up about, you know, mm-hmm. So I think it it took things like the Holocaust and the civil rights movement Mm -hmm. to realize she had no idea what they were even talking about. Right. And then that led her to like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, education is more than just facts. Like now I need to decide what I'm going to do with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And you do, you have to choose one. Mm -hmm. You do. There's not, it can't both be true. in, In her situation, because her, her former life, her childhood was so restrictive, mm-hmm. so at odds with, with truth, mm-hmm. not just, you know, mainstream life, but with truth in so many circumstances, mm-hmm. it's not like, yeah, you kind of grow up and you see, oh, some people have this for dinner right. and you could right. also have that for dinner. Right. It, and both of those things are true. Exactly. Yes. They can't be yes. like mutually, um, exist. Like she really did have to choose one for the mm-hmm. other. And it did feel like that was kind of a thing, you know, it was, um, I really like the point when she decided to get vaccinated. Yeah. Because um, I, I feel like right before then, maybe her, her parents had been visiting or I, I don't know. I feel like there was some kind mm-hmm. of interaction with her family and it was just like, yeah, this is not right. Or when her boyfriend gave her ibuprofen for the right. first time. Cause oh she my had, gosh. I was like, <gasps> oh my God. It's just like experiencing I, yeah, what just, so many of us just, Mm-hmm. pop a pill got right. a headache you can right. take a simple pill for that right and just realizing that then her family had been experiencing i mean traumatic injuries that people die from that people die from is <laughs> burns, incredible burns like yeah. all over getting no pain relief mm-hmm. i mean it is one thing if someone is like no for for reasons i choose not to have any pain relief right. but for these children to be right. undergoing that or to right. be told like this is the only way and everything right. else is evil just oh it's just it's like such a good example of what happens when you take things to the extreme because mm-hmm. like obviously the herbs were helpful right the essential oils she's a whole business obviously mm-hmm. it helped on some level and they they were successfully mm-hmm. like Mm-hmm. healing people on a certain level mm-hmm. but how much damage and everything is done in the meantime mm-hmm. and not addressing things like traumatic brain injury and mm-hmm. stuff like that like 
it's it's so hard because there's a true there's always like in a dysfunction nugget. and mental health yeah there's always some part of it that is true and good mm -hmm. and then it's either twisted or it's exaggerated mm -hmm. or so it's like you can't deny that like certain things helped right like maybe, but then she was like the stuff my mom gave me for a headache actually never helped right <laughs> I feel like you know and I am not very educated about essential oils but I feel like yeah some lavender oil can help you calm down yeah cannot yeah. cure a traumatic right. brain injury or like helping with like skin irritations right not third degree burns exactly. like yes <laughs> it's just like obviously i think that plants i mean in the modern right, medicine right, uses right. plants like yes, that's plants are put here on. for a reason but like man they this is the danger when you take anything to an extreme yes yes so um okay here is the uh last question in the end, Westover writes that she is a changed person from the person she was as her father's daughter and from her 16-year-old self. She writes, you could call this selfhood many things, transformation, metamorphosis, falsity, betrayal. I call it an education. Mm. I loved that. Mm -hmm. um, what do you make of those final lines? Yeah, she talks about um, being, she was no longer the person who her father raised, but he was still mm. the one who raised her. Mm -hmm. And like, and I think that an education can happen at any point in time. You mm -hmm. see adults that are deciding to like question, you know, as 65 years old, like question their perception of things and maybe mm -hmm. that was wrong. And, and then there are people that are just unwilling to deal with the truth. And mm -hmm. I think that like, you, you talk about like all, like, I feel like an education is knowing yourself. There's a quote that like intelligence is a quickness to see things as they really are. Mm. Um, and I think that like um, at the root of much like mental health issues, um, family dysfunction, abuse, addiction is an unwillingness or an inability to access the truth, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like about your situation, about the world, about mm -hmm. you, you have told yourself a story or you've, and I'm not saying that that's like, all you got to do is figure out what the truth is right. and then you're fine. But at the healing comes with like finding the truth. Mm -hmm. So I really loved that that was like this, what this whole book was about for mm -hmm. her, like discovering her mm -hmm. truth about how she grew up and then the truth about the world and facts that she just didn't know. And then the truth about how she was going to live going forward mm -hmm. and that she had the power to decide that. Mm -hmm. And I think like, I didn't actually want to read this book at first because mm -hmm. it had a pencil on the front and it said educated. And I thought it was just like a teacher book or an right. truly just more about like a classical education. Right. Right. And then I'm really glad I read the back of it. Cause I was like, yeah. Oh, this is gotcha. something else. Yeah. Just cause I was like, I get bored with stories like that. Right. I think sometimes as a teacher. And so, yeah, I just, I loved the broader definition mm -hmm. of education. Um, but then just interesting, like on a simple level, when you know better, you do better. Mm. Like if you never get out of, um, your own situation mm -hmm. and you never, be willing to admit that you might not know something mm -hmm. and, and find the answer for it. Like mm -hmm. you're not going to improve as a person. So right. just on a real basic level, I guess. Yeah. What, what I loved about this, I, I felt like this was for me the only time and the only line when I felt like she was kind of sticking it to her family Yeah, a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I, I, appreciated that mm -hmm. because it was I wanted that yes. I wanted something and what she's saying here the book is called educated she is educated then by definition I feel like her family would be uneducated right and you know mm -hmm. that's that's a criticism mm -hmm. it's um I like that it's kind of implied that and that way. they think of that as betrayal to just right. have an edu a good education right. and be successful and you know her 
father, remember, was so boastful that they were educated, mm-hmm. they were homeschooled. Mm-hmm. So look what our what our, look what our homeschooling yeah. has done for you. You took that as a credit to him, exactly, yeah. exactly. And I thought I. So I liked that I felt like she was calling out, no, I am now educated. Yes. That was not. Um, And just, I think we all, just even in terms of the language of it, educated is a word that has a positive connotation Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. I think we accept in society as Mm -hmm. being a good thing. And, And so for her to have attained this commonly accepted good, you know, somewhat basic. We we believe that Mm -hmm. everyone is entitled Mm -hmm. to an education just by attaining that, being able to see just kind of how backwards, twisted, neglectful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. her upbringing was, her parents were. Um, So I, I thought that was a powerful line. I loved just kind of the, like reading between the lines of it. I really loved it. I, you know, this is a side note. I think something that made this book really good too is there's a lot of stories of people coming from, and even memoir, of their, telling their own story of coming from a wretched situation mm-hmm. and making something of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can just really tell she has done some hard work, mm-hmm. obviously around the forgiveness aspect and all of that, but then around just being able to, like she detailed her own messed up thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just, they were messed up. I got out, I worked hard. Yay me. Right. It was like she, and she talked about the effects of like not dealing with your childhood trauma mm-hmm. is that she had this like mental breakdown and nobody was able to get in and help her and be a mm-hmm. friend to her. And mm-hmm. I think that that was really um, like vulnerable, number yeah. one, and made the story very um, compelling. Mm-hmm. But also like you could just tell them that she had done some hard work around that. Mm-hmm. And I, I read something that said um, when you're writing memoir, if you want, you know, I want to write my story of our adoption, but it said to write from healed scars, not open wounds. Mm -hmm. And it's just very clear that Mm -hmm. she is writing from a place of healed Mm -hmm. scars and that she has, you know, learned from them. And like, she's able to even put herself back in that situation and articulate like, yeah, that thinking was messed up. And like, she talks about, there's actually one funny part where she talks about, I mean, it's not funny, but it's just interesting how she, um, let me find it. She says like when she's talking about having kind of her breakdown, the thing about having a mental breakdown is that no matter how obvious it is that you're having one, it is somehow not obvious to you. (laughs) I'm fine. You think, so what if I watched TV for 24 straight hours Mm -hmm. yesterday? I'm not falling apart. I'm just lazy. Mm -hmm. Why it's better to think yourself lazy than think yourself in distress. I'm not sure, Mm -hmm. but it was better more than better. It was vital. Mm -hmm. Like that's so introspective to be able to like, yeah. Think about what she was thinking then mm-hmm. and then understand that that was about survival mm-hmm. just yeah. and not dealing with her stuff, you know, right. just interesting. Yeah. All right. I think that wraps up our educated book club. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Keep up with us on Instagram where we are Hi Girls Next Door and find our Girl Next Door podcast page on Facebook. Our website is girlnextdoorpodcast.com and our email address is highgirlsnextdoor at gmail.com. Thanks so much for dropping in. Until next time, be neighborly. Not today, Satan. No. And never mind. Stay on the script, Kelsey. (laughs) Why do I try to ad lib? No. Ad-libbing is over. We can ad-lib all we want in the middle, but beginning and end, we can't do it.
in the middle fine at the end i sound like a dummy <laughs> you sound like someone who wants to get off the phone like okay well talk to you later <laughs> i gotta go put in a load of laundry <laughs> wrap it up all right <laughs>